Tonight on this third Sunday of Easter, we find ourselves at the end of St. John's Gospel, the 21st chapter. The risen Christ shows himself again to the disciples, and it's through this rich encounter, this multi-layered scene that we see the shape of the ongoing life of the community after the resurrection of Jesus, also known as the church, a community gathered after Jesus is raised. Peter and his friends have returned to Galilee, and that's where many of them were first called three years earlier at the beginning of Jesus's ministry. John, the writer of the gospel, wants us to remember that. We find their call story in John chapter one at the beginning of this story. So this journey of following Jesus, this journey of discipleship for Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, the sons of Zebedee, and a couple of others, it all started by the Sea of Tiberias when Jesus invited them to come and see. That's what he says at the beginning when he finds them by the Sea of Tiberias. Come and see if anything good can come out of Nazareth. And now we're 20 chapters on and we're three years later, three years down the road, we see them back in Galilee and in the fishing boat. But this time Jesus's words are not come and see, but come and have breakfast. The words of invitation have changed but I think that John means it to be no less a narrative of calling for us, those gathered around the risen Jesus. The first thing to note about this community is that the disciples are completely striking out on their fishing trip. Until what? Until they listen to the words of the living Christ. He says, cast your net on the other side of the boat and they listen to his voice, they obey him, they trust him, and their nets are filled. 153 fish, what an unusual detail. Some scholars who think about things like these numbers, uh, they think that this might be the number of species of fish known in the ancient world. And I don't really care if that's accurate or not, either way, I think it creates a beautiful picture a beautiful picture of the church's mission to draw people from every corner of the globe into Christ's fellowship of love. Because remember, it's in the same gospel of John that Jesus says, when I am lifted up, I will draw the whole world to myself. He wants to fill the whole creation and everyone in it with his outstretched love. So the first thing for us, for the community gathered around Jesus after the resurrection is to listen to his voice. We hear it in scripture as we pray with scripture. We hear his voice in our own prayer. We hear his voice in the voice of the poor. And we're to listen to him and do what he tells us to do. Remember Mary said that at that wedding at Cana in Galilee? Do whatever he tells you. Listen to his voice. And when we do that, when we listen, it's his love that grows in us. His love takes root in our hearts. And then we can share it with wild abandon. We don't have to fear 
that the nets might tear. There's room enough for everyone. And when the disciples make it to shore, Jesus, if you notice, is the host at the meal and says, come and have breakfast, come and eat, come and eat. And so we do, we come here tonight to the feast prepared by Jesus himself. He's the host, he's the chef, he's even the meal. And as his friends in the world, the resurrected Christ continues to feed us with his abundant life, with his undying love. Take, eat. This is my body given for you. The gifts of God for you, the people of God. So that's the second thing we do after listening to his voice is to sit down and eat, to eat the meal that Jesus lovingly prepares for us. If you're a regular at this service, you'll know that at the invitation to this meal, invitation to Holy Communion, which Christ makes possible for us, we say, come you who have followed Jesus and you who have failed. Come because it is Christ who invites you to meet him here. We come to this meal as those who try to follow Jesus and those who have failed. And if you need some encouragement as one who has failed, look to Peter, who's given the keys to the kingdom. He's important. But if you need some comfort, look to Peter. The last time that he was by a charcoal fire was in the courtyard of the high priest when he denied knowing Jesus three times. If you're wondering why Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me? It's not an exercise in public shaming. Rather, it is Christ redeeming Peter's betrayal. One who has tried to follow Jesus and one who has failed. And that's what this altar holds for us, the redemptive fire of Christ's passion for each one of us. We can dare to bring our whole selves around this fire and be forgiven, healed, renewed. At the meal that Christ makes possible, we're challenged to acknowledge our betrayals and then we're offered through Jesus's sacrificial love a way forward, a way forward. Do you love me? You know that I do. He forgives us, his mercy is plentiful. And that's the third thing you'll find in Jesus's community of friends. Forgiveness that is then turned into loving service to others. Because what does Jesus say when Peter says, you know that I love you, feed my sheep, care for my people, love my people. So I've lifted up four things from this rich story. I told you it's multi-layered, but here is the real truth about John's gospel is that we could highlight four more easily because John's gospel has layer after layer of meaning and beauty. And that's fitting because the one that John points us to is the one who is God from God, the one who is light from light, and notice that his word 
is the same at the start of his ministry as it is now. Follow me.